What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and Karan and I are back for another collab episode. Today, we're continuing our discussion about muscle gain from last week, because if you remember, we went a little bit longer than we expected with that podcast last week, so we decided to split it up into two episodes, and this episode today is part two of that series. So if you remember, last week, we discussed the actual mass gaining phase of the muscle building process. That's when you're in your calorie surplus, you're actively trying to put on weight. And today, we actually went into a little more depth about maintenance phases and mini cuts, which although you're not actively gaining muscle during those phases, they're injected intermittently throughout the muscle building process to um, because they have a lot more benefits that are actually going to set you up for greater success with muscle growth in the long term. So to find out what those are, you're going to want to listen to this episode. We go into a lot more depth on that as the episode progresses, so you're going to find a lot of value in there. So if you enjoy this episode, if you found one or two valuable takeaways that you're you're able to take away and actually apply into your own journey, go ahead and drop a five-star rating and review. As always, it helps us grow on the iTunes charts. The more we grow, the more people we can help. And then... And once you do that, I'm going to ask you to take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me, tag Karan, and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from the episode. Again, that lets us know. One, that shares the podcast obviously gets gets it um, more people to see it. And two, it gives us an idea of who's listening, what you guys like about the podcast, so that way I can make sure to keep providing you with content that's relevant and valuable for you. So if you could do, if you could do those two things, that would that would be awesome. And again, thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. And there goes half our listeners. Oh yeah, what's going on, y'all? Coach K in the building, and T Clark Nutrition here. What's up? To welcome you to Building Muscle 2.5 Engaged. And we are covering a ton of amazing topics. We couldn't fit it all in the first uh, part two from our nutrition periodization uh, series that we got going here. So we decided to... Eh, It's okay. It's it's all good stuff. You you get it from the best (laughs) of us, like like Cody. And so we decided to split it up just to give you guys a little more time to retain the information and sort of break up the content so it's not two hours of us talking. So um, again... This is Mr. Clark's dopest piece of information he can give you. So I'm just going to let him just body it again. And I will just give him my little, my little pieces and, and dibble dabbles of advice and information. So, Mr. Clark, without further ado, the stage is yours. Sounds good. All right. So just a little recap from last time. So last time we talked about the actual mass gaining phase. That's when you're actively trying to build muscle. Um, that is definitely the most important part of the bulk of your muscle building journey. Like the majority of your time is going to be spent in that phase. But with that being said, there are other components to building muscle that we need to take into consideration to really maximize everything. Cause I know, you know, that person that's in a perma bulk that has just been bulking for the past like decade and <laughs> Usually it's the hard gainer that like finally figures out like, oh, I need to get into a calorie surplus. Then they just like stay in a calorie surplus forever and don't end up actually getting shredded and end up getting kind of fat. Um, if that's you and you got defensive, you know why. Um, you're you're going to want to listen to this episode. <laughs> but um, Yo, T-Clark yeah. throwing shots, man. Shit. Oh, man. 
um yeah but you're gonna want to listen to this episode for sure regardless because there are other components to muscle building that aren't necessarily the mass gaining phase um again the majority of your time is going to be spent in that mass gaining phase but um things like maintenance phases and mini cuts can be injected throughout that muscle building process to one not only help you lose some fat that you gain along the way. Cause like we talked about last time, it's part of the process. Like if you go about it correctly, you're not going to gain a ton of fat, but you're going to gain some. So those phases like maintenance phases and especially mini cuts can help mitigate some of that fat gain. Um, and also not only will they mitigate some of the fat gain, they're going to set you up to gain more muscle in the long run. Because think about it, if you're constantly pumping calories in day after day, week after week, month after month, your body kind of loses a sensitivity to all those calories and it kind of just starts to get like, Oh dude, I'm tired of this. Like you, you feel it when you start eating like 4,000 calories a day and food just feels like a chore. You hate your life and it's just all bad after like a couple months. That's where maintenance phases, that's where mini cuts are really helpful. Um, because as you know, like when you're in that mass getting phase, carbs are up pretty high. And when you're constantly pumping carbs in, that can result in some insulin insulin resistance, which will affect how efficiently your body is able to actually utilize those carbohydrates for um, storing in muscle. Um, So it can be helpful, especially during those mini cuts, to kind of cut back on carbs a little bit to regain some of that insulin sensitivity. Again, like we'll talk about in a second, it's not going to be like this crazy low-carb diet. We are definitely not doing that. Our goal is actually to keep carbs as high as possible in that cut, but it's the insulin sensitivity benefits are kind of a byproduct of it. Since like inherently because we're going to be lowering calories, it's going to be coming from carbohydrates Um, and fat of course. But um, yeah. Do you have anything to add so far or should I keep going? Hey man, you're killing it. Please continue. All right. I'll I'll have my my bits in a bit. Just, just sounds uh, good. Sounds good. Jump in there randomly. Sounds good. Um, so first I'm going to talk about maintenance phases. The main purpose of a maintenance phase, um, really a maintenance phase is exactly that. When you're eating at maintenance calories, you're not losing weight, you're not gaining weight. These have a place in a muscle building um, program because you have to give your body time to adjust to that new set point. Like if you, especially if you're nearing the end of your bulk and you think you want to go into a cut soon, you need to implement a maintenance phase first. If you just bulk, 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 and then decide to cut right away, then you're going to experience more muscle loss than if you would have taken the extra couple of weeks and sat at maintenance for a little bit. That maintenance allows your body to get used to that new set point. Um, That's really what maintenance is good for during a muscle building phase. Also, if you're just sick and tired of eating calories like we talked about before, you can intermittently it's kind of like a like we talked about on the on the fat loss podcast. Like you you have diet breaks, a maintenance right. phase put into a muscle growth program is kind of like a diet break in an, like in a sense because you're, you're giving your body a break. You're giving you're giving yourself a mental break from having to eat all that food. So yeah, in the short term, you're not gaining muscle, but you're setting yourself to gain more. You're setting yourself up to gain more muscle in the long term because you're going to be more likely to actually adhere to the plan if you take that little break in between. Um, How long these maintenance phases are really depend. 
if you're just using it as a mental break from all the calories, that's really individual. And it's as long as honestly you want, you can stay at maintenance for forever if you want and be fine. But, um, I would probably suggest two to three weeks if you're going for, if you're at the end of your bulk and you want to go into a cut soon and transition into a cut, then I would suggest maintenance being three to four weeks just to really give your body time to adjust to that new set point. Again, is it necessary to be in there that long? Probably not. But honestly, I like to be a little bit on the safe side and just really make sure that we're setting yourself, we're setting you up for success. Um, you probably could get away with two or three weeks. That's totally fine. But I like to be on a little bit on the longer side. Again, that really comes down to adherence. Like if you're a coach listening to this and your client is just really antsy and wants to get into a cut, then probably be a little bit quicker with it. But if you have all the time in the world, if you know, like if you realize and you're educated as to why it's important to maintain, which I'm hoping I'm doing right now, um, you should be able to mentally just be in that maintenance phase for three to four weeks, allow your body to adjust and then transition into a cut. And by doing that, you're going to save a lot more muscle during that fat loss phase and you're going to end up looking better. Um, so that's where maintenance phases are super, super helpful. As far as the calorie and macro prescription, there's really nothing special about them. Um, protein is going to stay the same as it was during your, your muscle gaining phase, around one gram per pound. Fat's going to stay pretty similar at that 25 to 30 maybe even 35%, anywhere in that range is honestly totally fine. That's, that's really preference. And then carbs are obviously going to fill out the rest of the calories once you determine your protein goal and your fat goal. That's really all there is to it for maintenance phases. Um, again, it's really, they serve as a mental break. Um, if you're intermittently using them throughout your, your bulk, like you still plan on bulking after the maintenance phase, in that sense, it just kind of allows you to have that mental break from all the calories. But um, towards the tail end of your bulk, when you're trying to go into a cut soon, it helps to help your body adjust to that new set point. So um, before, before we jump into that yeah. real quick, I wanted to paint a little picture. Here's my random tidbit. So <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, right. So when you're thinking about why maintenance phases are important, let's just map it out, right? So let's just say you were uh, Bartholomew Octavius, right? Was that, that was his name? That was his name, yep. In the fat loss phase, right? You, you reverse dieted, you went to a cut, and you, you finished, you went back into maintenance. Now you're like, yo, I, I want to get big. So you went to your, um, your bulking phase, right? You started you did your, your mass phase. You followed what we said in the last podcast, did that for a bit, and now you're like, hmm, I'm kind of getting sick of this. I, I need to dial back a bit. If you jump right into a cut, let's say you're between 250 to 500 calories in a surplus. If you're going to dip to a 250 calorie to a 500 uh, deficit, you're literally jumping 500 to 1,000 calories back, right? So that giant leap is the reason why a lot of diets fail because of that sudden change and sudden abrupt uh, tip in the other direction. The body is all about a homeostasis maintaining balance. So when you're making changes for the body and this goes for strength training as well, um, because a good strength training program has to match a muscle building phase, whether you're in a, uh, the the mass gains or you're in a, um, maintenance phase or a mini cut, you have to have the program match the nutrition, um, for the optimal results. So just like you wouldn't jump from, if you've never squatted before, just like you wouldn't jump from like a goblet squat to an overhead squat, right? You wouldn't jump from a bulk to a, a big cut 
yeah. just then your body wouldn't be able to adjust and it would yeah. crack. And, yeah. and just like Tommy said, you'd most likely end up losing all the muscle, not all the muscle, but a lot of the muscle that you've gained over that long ass uh, mass gain phase. So it's in your best interest to slowly transition between each piece of the phase. That's why it's called periodization, right? It's over time. It's periods. It's, it's not just, all right, uh, we did mass gain phase for two months. Now let's go into a thousand calorie deficit. Like, can't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. And that is my random tidbit. <laughs> That's a really good point. And like, think about it. Your body already, like you said, already wants to get back to that homeostasis. So as you go up in weight, your body wants to take you back down. So if you take the calories right. out right away, it's going to be like, oh, yeah. Woo. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it makes your body's job a whole lot easier. Whereas if you maintain intentionally, you allow yourself to create that new set point. Right. Um, that's, where, that's why maintenance phases are so, so important. And nobody wants to do them. Like they're not fancy. They're not flashy. No one posts on Instagram or Facebook. Like, look at me. I'm maintaining. Like, that's not going to get you likes. Sorry. But it's going to set you up for success in the long term. So again, keep the long game in mind. And again, as you're more and more educated on why you need to do it, which is why we put out this podcast every week, it'll make it that much more likely that you'll actually go and implement these maintenance phases. Right. Um, and especially if you're in a bulk, just be thankful that you don't have to eat as many calories for a solid like three to four weeks. Like coming from a person who is patiently waiting to go into a maintenance phase, into a mini cut, like I cannot wait for the day that I don't have to eat 3,800 calories in a day. It Ooh. becomes a chore. So I know it sounds boring. Like if you, especially if you're just at the, at the beginning of your bulk, you're like, oh, I want to eat all these calories. Trust me, like when you get three months into your bulk, you're going to want to maintain for a little bit and you're going to want to go into a mini cut. And speaking of mini cuts, wow, look at that segue right there. But um, <laughs> speaking of mini cuts, that's the second thing I want to talk about today. Um, pretty much the maintenance phase is pretty self-explanatory. I'm pretty sure. Is there anything else you would add to that or did we, did we hit that pretty well? Uh, no, I think that's, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, the next thing I want to talk about is mini cuts. Um, Cause like we talked about very briefly at the beginning, you're going to gain some fat along the way when you bulk. It's the reality of it. Even if you like, okay, if you go really, really, really slow, then you can mitigate a lot of fat gain and that's awesome. But it's really, really, really fucking slow. And nobody really wants to do that. Um, especially as you're just getting started out, it can be really demoralizing to have to watch the scale creep up by like, 0.25 pounds every two weeks as you're starting out you're probably going to want to put on one pound or one and a half pounds a week and if you're going about it like that you are going to put on a little bit of fat and it's okay it's not a bad thing at all especially if you're a relative beginner like you want to go a little bit faster because why waste your newbie gains on like 0.25 pounds every two to three weeks like that's that's just really boring if i'm being completely honest um but like True. if you're if you're going, if you're gaining one to two pounds a week, if you're, if you're not a beginner, then I'd stray towards more towards the, I'd stay more towards the one pound per week. So you can mitigate a lot of fat gain. Cause even though you are going to gain some fat, we don't want you to gain too much. Um, but it's besides the point, um, you're going to gain a little bit of fat and mini cuts are a way to mitigate that. 
And what a mini cut is, is exactly that. These two things that we're talking about today are very, very like almost common sense. Like a mini cut is pretty much a cut, but not as long. And the thing about mini cuts is that, wow, mind blown, right? I know. Um, <laughs> thing about mini cuts is that they tend to be more aggressive and that's how that's where they differ from a traditional like 12 to 16 12 to 16 week cut um because usually when we go into a fat loss phase you want to take it pretty slow and not get too aggressive too quick that's not the case with mini cuts with mini cuts we're getting in getting you in a calorie deficit and then getting out that's it like we got to be really aggressive um because again the primary goal is to gain muscle a mini cut is just put in between um, when you're bulking. So we don't want to keep you in there for too long because again, the primary goal is for you to keep on building muscle. Um, and as far as how long mini cuts usually last for, well, anywhere from two to six weeks. Um, I usually like to run them for four weeks um, just in the middle, but really they can be as short as two weeks, even one week. In some cases, they can be as short as one week. If um, you don't want to spend that much time in a mini cut, it's totally fine. Um, but I would recommend two to six weeks, no longer than six weeks. Um, so at that point, you're pretty much getting into just regular old cut territory and you might as well just run a regular cut. Um, so two to six weeks, and then you're going to be pretty aggressive with your calorie deficit. Whereas in a traditional cut, you might want to cut five to 10% of calories from maintenance. Um, in a mini cut, you're going to want to cut 20 to 35% of calories. It's aggressive and it's going to be a little bit shitty during those two to six weeks, but just keep in mind that it's only two to six weeks. It's not a long period of time. This is not something that you're going to sustain over the course of weeks and months. It, um, well, I guess weeks, but not too many. (laughs) Um, but it's going to be aggressive and you're going to be a little bit hungry and that's okay. Uh, just remember we're taking a little bit more of an aggressive approach so that way we can get you back into your bulk as soon as possible. Um, and the purpose of a mini cut, um, actually before I didn't like the real purpose, um, as far as calories, 20 to 35% and then protein, we're actually going to want to take up a notch, uh, from one gram per pound up to 1.2 grams per pound. Um, kind of like we talked about in the fat loss podcast episode, um, increasing protein helps for a multi- uh, for a multitude of reasons. So first of all, um, as you go into a calorie deficit, especially an aggressive one like this, you're going to experience a little bit of muscle loss. And luckily, it's not long enough that you're going to experience really too much muscle loss at all, if, especially if you go about it the right way with the calories and the macros. Um, but you're going to experience some. And upping the protein can help offset that um, just by providing your body with more raw materials to maintain muscle and stimulating muscle protein synthesis and stuff like offset. that. <laughs> oh my God. I, could, I couldn't resist. <laughs> um, so that's one reason why increasing the protein is helpful. Another is that it's very satiating because as you go from eating close to like 4,000 calories in some cases down to eating quite a bit less, um, especially in you're like in a pretty aggressive deficit, you're going to feel a little bit hungry and increasing the protein can help you feel more satiated and fight off some of those like weird cravings that you're bound to feel throughout the day. Um, so that's the second reason why increasing the protein is helpful. And then also protein has the highest thermic effect. So your body uses the most calories relative to the other, 
to the other macros to digest protein. Um, so that's another reason why it's beneficial to increase protein during a mini cut because you can kind of create a little bit more of a calorie deficit. Again, it's not going to be magical. It's not going to like rapidly speed up your fat loss like so many people want you to believe on social media. Kind of blows my mind, but um, it can help a little bit. And really, we can take we'll take all the help we can get. And especially since protein is going to help you stay satisfied and full throughout the day, why not? Um, and then I believe, believe that's it. Is there anything else for protein? Why you'd want to increase it during cut? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, you see satiation, thermic effect of food, muscle sparing. Um, I think you got all the big hitters, man. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that's protein. Keep it at 1.2 grams per pound during your mini cut. And then as for fat, um, again, you're going to want to keep it at, 25 to 30%, nothing, no, nothing crazy different there. Um, and then the rest you'll fill out with carbohydrates. And that's really where the, the calories are going to come from that you're cutting. Um, simply because fat and protein are going to stay relatively fixed. Well, protein is actually going to go up, but fat's going to stay relatively fixed. So the calories are going to come from carbohydrates. Um, still though, you should be eating enough carbohydrates to fuel performance. Um, if you notice that you're feeling super low energy or like your training performance just goes through the floor, you might want to increase the carbs a little bit more and decrease the fat a little bit more. Um, I believe for fat, as long as you're above 0.4 grams per pound of body weight, that's enough to support like hormonal health and like nervous system, stuff like that. So as long as you're above that threshold, you should be fine. Um, so you can feel free to play with the carbon fat ratio a little bit. It really just depends on your training intensity and volume. Um, if you're doing a lot of high intensity stuff, which honestly I probably wouldn't recommend like trying to push for a lot of volume during this phase, simply because you're not going to be fueling yourself as much. And, um, Karan, do you want to speak a little bit on like how training would look during a mini cut? Yeah, I would probably take out, um, depending on what your life is like, because life stress matters a lot with training. Um, I probably wouldn't have a lot of hit or high intensity finishers. Um, I think EMOMs for the most part are okay. So every minute on the minute um, for a pump, but I wouldn't be like doing sprints or any kind of plyometric finishers at the end. Um, Yeah. Really just basic strength training, five by fives, five by threes. um, And then some sub maximal lifts as you, uh, progress through the day and obviously the other subsequent days. Um, but yeah, I, I would not try and go for PRs. I wouldn't yeah. try and go for anything crazy because you are going to be in a pretty significant deficit. So your performance will see some impact in the negative Would you try way. to maintain it as much as possible? Because like if you, if you maintain strength, you maintain as much muscle as possible. Would that make sense? Yeah, I mean, in general, if you're looking to keep on as much muscle as you've, as you've developed throughout the process, yeah. then continuing to do strength training is important. So like the five by threes, like I said, the five by fives. Um, and honestly, when it comes to um, your program, I would actually change things up a bit. So okay. maybe change, change some modalities. Um, so if- <laughs> did this happen last time too? Yep. Perfect timing. Always towards the end. Always. 
We've got about eight minutes here, y'all. I'm going to get back into programming in a second as soon as the dog is done dogging. I think, I think, I think he's done now. Okay. So, um, as you know, the, the body tends to uh, adjust to similar programming, similar nutrition, yeah. similar movements, right? It's, um, it, it adapts. It's very adaptable. So, another good way to increase stimulus is to change the way you perform movements. So you can mess with tempo, you can mess with um, unilateral training. So if you've been doing all double-legged, like all squats, all bench with both arms and both legs, try some single leg stuff. Try doing um, Bulgarian split squats, back lunges, step-ups, where you're using one leg um, and then the other. That's a great way to increase training stimulus and promote muscle protein synthesis because you're changing the stimulus that's given to the actual muscular tissue, which is going to force adaptation. Um, and simply just changing the way you perform it, adding pauses at the bottom of, of movements just increases the training stimulus, as I said. Yeah. So while, while you're in this deficit, be creative with your program. Obviously, don't go too crazy, but change things up a bit. So do that squats on Bozu balls with like, yeah, do, do barbell back squats on Bozu balls. Yeah, so barbell back squats on Bosu balls with two kettlebells hung by barbell. Yep, but by the bands, and you have to hold. You have to hold a um, a plate of spaghetti on your head while you squat. And if you drop the spaghetti, you have to start over. We're gonna see someone like on the on like the gym fuckery Instagram that did this and like (laughs) that. I heard it from your podcast, not mine. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, just to sum it all up, when you're in a deficit and you're trying to spare um, muscle loss, change the training stimulus so you're forcing the body to create more adaptation. Yeah. And, um, as you said, keep the protein high so you're sparing muscle loss as well. So that, that would be my advice on training. There we go. I, I know we're coming up on the, on the time here, so it's going to go a little bit rapid fire. Um, so just kind of to finish out the mini cut, like if you are trying to maintain as much performance as possible, I would honestly probably up the carbs a little bit and decrease the fat as low as possible. Um, while obviously still maintaining proper hormonal health and nervous system function and stuff like that. So I'd probably stick around that 0.4 grams per pound mark. Um, if you're really trying to just squeeze out every ounce of performance that you can, and also carbohydrates are protein sparing nutrients. So by having more carbs in your diet during this mini cut, um, you're going to spare more muscle. But on the flip side, if you're doing this mini cut um, as a way to restore insulin sensitivity, you might not want to keep carbs as high as possible. You might want to up fats a little bit because the whole purpose of like a protocol to restore insulin sensitivity is reducing the carbs to kind of resensitize your body to them. It really just depends on the context of the mini cut specifically. Like if you're just going about it um, as a way to lose fat, then yeah, get into a calorie deficit. You keep carbs as high as possible. Um, eat a bare minimum, bare minimum for fat to still maintain all that health stuff. Um, and you'll be good. But if you're all that health stuff, Jesus. Um, keep in mind everyone it's all about all that that health stuff all that health stuff (laughs) um (laughs) jesus remember to keep your fat high for the health stuff there we go Uh, that's a pretty good summary like manage inflammation hormonal health nervous system health i said that like falls under like a bracket like health stuff you're not wrong it's easy to remember like hashtag health stuff yo 
start that. That's probably a thing already, but please, please don't. <laughs> fat for health stuff. <laughs> that that that's what it is. High fat for oh health stuff. God. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, like keep the keep the fat like adequate for the health stuff as we just talked about. And um, yeah, you'll be good. But if you want to go about it for insulin sensitivity and restore that, then you might want to keep carbs a little bit lower. Again, you just got to think about your specific situation. Um, if you're working with a coach, they'll hopefully go through this with you. Um, yeah. If not, I mean, if you're confused, obviously, like reach out to either me or Karan. And I don't even know if the grammar was right with that sentence, but it's fine. You that know was incorrect. <laughs> it's fine. Oh my gosh. No one cares. Um, yeah, no. Nah. But yeah, reach out to one of us and like we'll help point you in the right direction. Um, but, I mean, as far as a mini cut, I think that pretty much wraps it up. And then like, Ooh. I had one, one more thing about training actually that I, I wanted to add. Okay. Um, so when people are in cuts, they tend to like to do lots of extra cardio and lots of extra time in mm. the gym, like to be in the, in the gym for two, three hours. Do not do that. Do not do that. You want your gym sessions to be short and quick. Like I'm talking like max an hour, hour 15, like get in and get out, get in there, do your compound lifts, make it heavy, get busy with it. And, I, and then, as I said, sub-maximal lifts um, as you follow throughout the program. But do not be in there for three hours and expect to see results. Your body is going to take a shot. You are going to stress your central nervous system. You're not going to perform as well. You're not going to want to eat because you're going to be stressed and your sleep's going to be shit. So it's you're increasing the already um, not guaranteed but more likely uh, side effects to happen during a aggressive cut by – increasing your gym sessions to be yeah. two, two, three, four hours. So, um, yeah, I would just recommend short sessions, keep it brief, keep it heavy and just get the fuck out. Yeah. Like being in the gym too long is definitely excess stress. And during a fat loss phase or mini cut, you, you don't want that, that excess stress. You want to manage that as much as possible. So just be effective in your training sessions, but you don't yeah. have to be there in there too long. Um, yeah. And then let's see, I think that was it for the mini cut. And the last thing just want to talk about briefly, you're going to keep it brief because honestly, you got two minutes matter all that much, which is supplements. There are some Ooh, supplements yes. that can help you. Um, I would recommend definitely creatine. If you're not taking it, I think that is a very beneficial thing to take. If you're looking to gain muscle and if you're going through a mini cut, um, so you can maintain as much strength as possible, keep volume as high as possible. Um, and maintain as much muscle as possible during that mini cut. So regardless of which part of the muscle building phase you're in, um, creatine is a good one. And then other than that, really just like general health stuff, like not like health stuff like we were talking about before. Oh, like, the health stuff comes up again. Like just Actually, general, like general supplements for general health, like fish oil, green powder, a, multi, a high quality multivitamin, um, right. vitamin D, stuff like that. Like really, there's nothing you're going to take that's going to dramatically um, improve your muscle gain or improve your strength gains. Creatine would probably be the one that actually has the most impact on strength gains and mass gain because you'll experience some weight gain in the first two can I, weeks. Can yeah. I jump into that real quick for like, I don't know, I think I have like 30 seconds. So the yeah. reason, um, one of the big reasons that creatine helps with um, your heavy lifting is it's supplementing the energy uh, substrate and the first energy system you use in those heavy lifts, which is ATPPC, which is adenine triphosphate phosphocreatine. And aha, you hear it? Phosphocreatine, boom. So when you supplement more creatine into your diet, you are literally increasing the amount of substrate 
that is used or energy source for that lift at that time so that your body is more primed to not only uh, lift heavier, but lift more efficiently. So um, creatine is an amazing supplement for that. It's probably the most researched um, supplement in the market. So it's definitely safe. It's 100% okay to use. Um, and I would recommend it for sure. I, I well, one thing I would not recommend, um, are BCAAs. Um, I think we talked about the difference between BCAAs and yeah. essentials. I think I would recommend essentials if you're going to use some type of, uh, amino acid supplement. Um, and that would only really happen if you're going like fasted, right? Like if you're going in yeah. the morning and you, I mean, if you, if you had a big dinner, that's dope, but, um, you might still feel kind of like eh, in the morning. So some amino acids would definitely help Especially in the morning. Especially during a mini cut. Right, right, because you're already at a low deficit. If you're in a in a mass gaining phase and you're training in the morning, honestly, I'd recommend like some like cyclic dextrin or something. Get something in. Um, is it the end all be all? No, but is it going to help you? Especially if your goal right now is to put on as much mass as possible. Yes, it will. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, right. If your goal is strictly mass gaining, if it's performance or if it's fat loss, then it's a different story. That's the story for a different podcast. But right. if your goal is strictly mass gaining, then I would recommend getting something in if possible. If you don't right. feel sick to your stomach eating before you work out in the morning. Right. Because um, yeah. if you can't um, perform as well in your gym sessions, right, you're not going to be giving the body exactly. the right amount of stimulus because you're not lifting as heavy or doing as many sets, right? You need to be able, you need to, be able to actually progress your volume week by week and increase the total volume that your body is receiving from the training. So if you're, if you feel like shit and can't perform, your total volume is actually going to go down every week and you're going to go in the opposite direction. So progressive overload is, is the key. Just slowly increasing the amount of stimulus that's applied to the body. Um, now I'm rambling. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, let me see. I don't think there is anything that we missed. I mean, the obvious stuff, get your sleep. If you're not sleeping, none of the stuff that we just talked about the past two episodes really matters all that much. Get your eight hours of sleep. Um, we'll do another podcast on that eventually on like tips to optimize sleep because we could do, Oh, that would be a huge one. Yeah. We could do a full like two-hour episode on that stuff because there, there's so many things you could do and it's super super important but just keep that in mind get your eight hours of sleep if you're not getting seven hours minimum you're not maximizing any of the stuff that we just talked about yep um so just keep that in mind um and yeah i think that covers everything do you have anything else to add as far as mass gaining or mini cuts or maintenance phases i always um, feel like we left something out but i don't think we did no, I don't think so. I think the, the next step would just be developing um, training periodization to match what you're yeah. doing in the gym. You know what I mean? Whether or not yeah. you have like hit finishers or if you're doing EMOMs or if you have more hypertrophy focused or more strength focused. You know what I mean? Like that, that type of stuff is important too. Um, yeah. Because obviously if the training stimulus isn't the right kind of stimulus or enough stimulus, we talked about total volume before, um, you're yeah. not going to see optimal results anyway. So it's really important to have a nice program when you're um, looking to gain muscle, obviously. Um, But yeah, I I think that's it. Um, Before we get out of here, uh, you can find me on the gram at Coach Chronic. Um, You can also find me on my website, chronic.fit. T. Clark, where can they find you? Are you going to plug the website? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, not yet. That's, it's not live yet. Um, well, I mean, technically, <laughs> please, please don't look up the website yet. It's not done. <laughs> you guys, it, it, it looks sick. It's not done, but it looks sick. Like it's, a, it's in a, it's in a foreign language. 
<laughs> I'm like kind of not wrong. No, it's like you're not. halfway done. Uh, but yeah, there is a new website coming and it's kind of going to be timed with the release of the ebook that is coming out in the next two weeks. So Athlete's Guide to Nutritional Periodization. If you're an subtle athlete, listen to this, you are going to want to. It's not subtle at all. Like if you're an athlete, you need to. <laughs> it's going to be completely free. Um, so I'm super excited. It's 70 plus pages, eight chapters, goes through all four phases of periodization. And yeah, um, you'll find out more about it as the release gets nearer or more. I don't even know. Um, you know what I mean? But um, there's that. And then you can find me on Instagram as always at T Clark nutrition uh, here on the podcast. And then you can also find me on MySpace. Um, what? what? Yeah. You have I, a I MySpace? I, yeah, dude. What? I was, I think I was like, Sick. Weren't you like that was two <laughs> when MySpace came out? I don't even know. I don't even Weren't know. You like two years old, <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro, I, I was I, like, I don't even, I don't even know how it works, honestly. <laughs> I think I was like 11, 10. Ago. I was like debating saying Tinder, but I was like, that's just weird. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yo, you can find me on Tinder, T Clark Nutrition. <laughs> Please swipe left. <laughs> Please swipe left. <laughs> oh, my On God. That All right. note. We're out of here, y'all. Uh, thanks for tuning in, as always, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.